every one of us. Because life is tough. Life really is tough. You don't need me to tell you that. Each day we face so many situations that stress us out. I mean, our finances, our jobs, our family, our friends. Our lives are so stressed out that we plan vacations just to try to relieve some of the stress out of our lives. And then we come back from vacation even more stressed out and whacked out than when we left. Anybody else ever experienced that? I took my family to Myrtle Beach earlier in the year, and I was excited. I was excited about getting away for a week and just relaxing a little bit and enjoying a stress-free week. Now, I have a big truck, a Ford Expedition, so we had plenty of room. Got a TV in it, a DVD player. We had drinks. We had snacks. I mean, we were ready. And off we went. We pulled out of the driveway and we was on our way to sun and fun. I mean, the Mock family was going to take over Myrtle Beach and I was excited. I just wanted some fun. I just wanted some deep laughter. But quickly, things turned sour. We didn't even make it out of Delaware County. My kids were screaming at each other. Marissa wanted to watch The Notebook. Ethan wanted to watch Marley and me. Courtney, she's in front trying to sleep, and she's screaming at both of them. And I'm starting to get red at this point, and I'm thinking, this is my vacation? And then all the bathroom stops. I mean, we was on a 25-minute schedule. I would drive for 25 minutes, potty break. Drive for 25 minutes, potty break. And then it was that dreaded moment when my seven-year-old Ethan taps me on the shoulder and he says, Dad, i got to go number two. Because <laughs> you see, when my son goes, he has to take everything off. I mean, heaven forbid he even leaves his socks on, which is horrible when you're in a rest area or you're in a truck stop. <laughs> so finally, 30 minutes later, we're off again. We're going. I drive for 10 minutes, and Ethan says, Dad, I need to go to the bathroom. I said, you need to go to the bathroom. You just went to the bathroom 10 minutes ago. He says, but when I went number two, I forgot to go number one. (laughs) That, my friends, is stress. And we all get it. Have you ever seen a can that says, Warning, Contents Under Pressure? I mean, that should be a warning label, I think, that we should put on people. And that's what I'm going to spend this morning talking about, is stress. There's a well-known stress scale, and it's called the Holmes Stress Scale. And it lists the 100 most stressful events that you can have in your life. And on it is the death of a spouse, divorce, things like that. And on that scale, after much study, they discovered that the single most stressful time of the year is surprise between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. Because you start to worry about presents, so it it becomes a burden on your finances. You start to worry about parties that you've got to have. You've got to start worrying about family members that are going to be coming in and spending time with you. 
So the stress level at this point just starts to skyrocket. And we just celebrated Thanksgiving. But you know, it's hard to be thankful sometimes. It's hard to be thankful in, in tough times. Maybe when, like now, when the economy is bad, when things just don't seem to be going your way. How do you remain thankful? Now in Philippians 4, Paul says this in verse 4, May you always be joyful in your life in the Lord. May you always be joyful in your life in the Lord. So is that even possible? I mean, is that really possible? Is it possible to always be joyful no matter what the circumstance? And I think it is. I think that is possible. Now in Philippians 4 verse 6 it says, Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. So in this very short passage we find four keys to surviving stress. And I'm going to break them down this morning. They're very simple to say, that's the easy part. But they're a lot more difficult to actually apply to your life. Now, key number one is worry about nothing. Your first fill-in. Worry about nothing. Now, verse 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. Do not fret or have any anxiety. I mean, I think that's a little easier said than done. I mean, if you think about it, we wake up in the morning to an alarm clock. It's an alarm clock, not a comfort clock. Then we get up, we flip on the TV, and we watch a little bit of Bad Morning America. Because you see, it's not enough to have your own problems to deal with. Let's throw the rest of the world stuff in there. Let's read the newspaper while we're at it. A lot of positive stuff in there. So most of us are stressed out before we even leave the house to go to work. But you need to worry about nothing. Dr. Walter Calvert did a study and he discovered that 40% of your worries never happen. 40% of your worries never happen. So 40% you don't even have to worry about. They're not going to happen. So on your list of top 10 worries, pick out four, throw them out, because they don't even count. 30% of your worries concern the past. 30% concern the past. I mean, worry can't change the past. Worry can't control the future. All worry does is actually mess up right now. It messes up today. So you can worry about the past all you want. It's not going to change it. The past is past. It's dead. It's gone. It's not going to control the future no matter how much you worry about it. So worry just messes you up right now. So you can't control the past, and that's 30% of your worries. We already said that 40% of your worries won't happen anyways. So 70% of your worries are worthless. 
70%. Now, to keep going on this study, 12% are needless health concerns. 10% of your worries are insignificant, petty issues, which leaves 8%. 8% of your worries are actual, legitimate concerns. 8%. Isn't that crazy if you think about it? So what I suggest we do for the 8% that we do need to worry about is we pick a worry time every day. Say, I'm going to worry every day between 4 and 4.15. That's our worry time. Any other time of the day, if something pops in your head, say, no, it's not time to worry yet. That's going to be at 4 o'clock. This could be good. Try this. But worrying honestly doesn't change anything. It's stewing without doing. And there's no such thing as a born worrier. It's a learnt response. You learn how to do it. Which is good because if it can be learned, then it can be unlearned. So how do you unlearn it? Notice what Jesus says. In Matthew 6, verse 34, it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. So what he's saying here is don't open your umbrella until it actually starts raining. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Live one day at a time. One day at a time. Don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. Focus on today's issues. Focus on today's problems. Worry about nothing. You know, it's interesting that when Paul wrote this, and he says worry about nothing, he was in prison. And I'm going to touch on that again later. But he was in prison. He was in a prison in Rome in a dungeon. And he's saying, don't worry about nothing. You know, whenever God tells us to do something... He always has a, or whenever God tells us not to do something, He always gives us a positive replacement. God never just says don't. He always has a do. He says eliminate this from your life, but you need to add something else in. And that's our second key. He says don't worry about anything. Instead, He says pray about everything. Pray about everything. So instead of worrying, you ought to pray. In everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Well, people say, I don't have time to pray. But if you use the time you spent worrying for praying, you'd all of a sudden find out that you've got plenty of time to be praying. And notice that he says, in everything, in everything, not just some things, but in everything. Because some people think that God only cares about religious things. I mean, sure, God cares about how many people you talk to about Christ. God cares about how many people you invite to church. God cares about what you're doing with your finances, but he's also interested in every detail of your life. God is concerned about the big things 
as well as the small things. I mean, he knows every detail of your life. The Bible says he even has the hairs on your head numbered, which is not a huge task for some of us here. But the God who made every thumbprint unique, the God who made every voice print unique, every snowflake, he has no problem handling the details of your life. There's nothing you can't pray about. If it's worth worrying about, don't you think it's worth praying about? There is nothing insignificant to God. You can pray about anything, and you can pray about everything, and you should be. Now, it says pray with petition. You know what petition means? Petition means a specific, detailed, direct prayer. Because most people pray too vague. So they never get any answers. They say, God, bless me. What's a blessing? Can anybody actually define what a blessing is? I mean, sometimes a problem ends up being a blessing. You know, you don't start your morning off, God, would you throw me a problem today? God, would you give me a DUI this Saturday so I'll finally quit drinking and driving? You need to be specific. You get not... Because you ask not. So here's the insight. No problem is too big or too small to pray about. Paul says, here's what you do. If you want to relieve stress, you worry about nothing. Instead, you pray about everything. It's simple. But it's something that we have to continually learn over and over and over again. Now, the third key in relieving stress is thank God in all things. Thank God in all things. In everything when you pray, pray with thanksgiving. The Good News translation says always asking Him with a thankful heart. Whenever you pray, you should always pray with thanksgiving. You know the healthiest human emotion is not love. Most of you would have guessed that. The healthiest human emotion is gratitude. I mean, studies have shown that it actually increases your immunities. It makes you more resistant to stress, less susceptible to illness. It's the healthiest emotion. Chris talks about it all the time. The attitude of gratitude People who are grateful are happy. They are. People who are ungrateful, they're miserable. Nothing ever makes them happy. They're never satisfied. Nothing's ever good enough in their lives. So if you can cultivate the attitude of gratitude of being thankful in everything, it's going to reduce stress in your life. It's going to. Be thankful in all things. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice that it says, in all circumstances, because that's a very important word to keep you from misinterpreting this verse. It doesn't say, give thanks for every circumstance. The Bible doesn't teach that. It says, give thanks in every circumstance. You don't have to be thankful if you're at Walmart and your kid's acting up. 
and you're not allowed to punish your child in public anymore, so you have to just put up with it. You don't have to be thankful for that. You don't have to be thankful for anything that evil that happens in the world. If a child's abducted or a loved one dies of cancer, you don't have to be thankful for that. The Bible doesn't say you've got to be thankful for evil. It says in every circumstance, give thanks. Not for every circumstance, in every circumstance. What's the difference? You see, even out of bad, God can bring good. In every circumstance, no matter how bad it is, I can give thanks to God because, A, I know He has a purpose bigger than the problem. B, He will give me the power to overcome the problem. And C, I will grow through the experience if I allow it to help me grow. So in every circumstance, even in the evil that happens in the world, I can be thankful because I know that God is greater than the problem. A lot of people ask, well, how do I know what God's will is for my life? And it's right there in that verse. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. You want to know what God's will is for your life? In everything, give thanks, be thankful. If you're not experiencing the attitude of gratitude, you're out of God's will. But how can you be grateful? How can you be grateful when maybe you've lost a lot? Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost your health. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're going through a divorce. How can you be thankful in a situation like that? You look at not what you've lost, but you look at what you have left. You honestly put aside what you've lost. Think about the things that you have, because we can all find so many things to be thankful for. The question is, what are you taking for granted? In your life, what are you taking for granted right now? In everything, give thanks. Now you see, gratitude is a stress reliever because it gets your eyes off the problem. And it puts it on the positive things in your life. We just had Thanksgiving last, thir- last Wednesday evening for Celebrate Recovery. We invited everybody in our two years that, uh, that's attended Celebrate Recovery. And we rented the Regency, and just had a big Thanksgiving dinner. And we had a blast. And it made me so thankful that God has a program like that, where people don't have to hide what they're feeling. They don't have to hide their hurts. They don't have to hide whatever habits they've sunk into in life. Because everybody always wants to pretend for some reason. Everybody always wants to pretend that everything's going great in their life. Finances, oh, things are great. Never been better. My marriage? Oh, man, we've got the perfect marriage. And I'm just thankful for Celebrate Recovery because it's real people seeking help for real problems. I mean, God has used the program to heal people. He's made, He's saved marriages in here. And I'm just thankful for every Thursday that I get to go and lead Celebrate Recovery. 
In everything, give thanks. Think about thanksgiving. Thanks and giving go together. The way we express thanks is by giving. The most giving people are the most thankful people. They really are. It's an expression of gratitude. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Give thanks for all things. Now, key number four is I think about the right things. Think about the right things. Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So the fourth point is this. If you want to reduce stress in your life, you must change the way you think. You must change the way you think because none of us use our brains and our potential. The potential that God actually gave us. Whatever you put in your brain is what's going to come out. It's like a computer. Garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you feed in your mind, whatever you think about, that's what's going to come out in your life. Because the way you think determines the way you feel. And the way you feel determines the way you act. So he says if you want to change your life, you need to change what you're thinking about. So are you reading the newspaper or are you reading your Facebook more than you're reading the Bible? Are you going home after work watching TV, watching movies for hours on end, but you ain't got time to read your Bible to have a little quiet time with God? Choose. Choose to think about the right things. Focus on stuff that's positive. Focus on God's Word. It says, think about things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Fix your mind on those things. The root cause of stress is the way that you choose to think. I mean, why is it you can take two people... Take two people, put them in the exact same circumstance. One of them will be blown away. One of them will fall apart, will emotionally collapse while the other person handles it with no problem. Obviously, the problem is not the circumstance. It's your response. It's how you're viewing it. Your perspective. It's how you're interpreting life. And that's your choice. How you're choosing to look at the problem you're going through right now is the source of your stress. Your problem is not your problem. Your problem is how you're choosing to respond to your problem. And you have to think about it in the right way. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
So what do you think about the most? What dominates your mind? Whatever you think about the most is what you're becoming. We always move towards whatever it is we're focusing on. If you want to become like Christ, you focus on Him. You fill your mind with the Bible. You fill your mind with good things. You fill your time with positive people. So what's the result of doing these things? The things that I've talked about today. The worry about nothing. The pray about everything. The thank God in all things. The keeping my mind on the right things. The result is in verse 7. It says, if you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your heart quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. What a guarantee. He's guaranteeing you peace of mind. And that's what everybody always seems to be looking for. That's what everybody always seems to be searching for. Peace of mind. It's amazing the things that we'll do that we'll try to find peace of mind from therapy, diets, seminars, yoga. We run from one thing to the next searching for peace of mind. And the Bible says God's peace is a gift to us. It's a gift. It can't be explained. It can't be duplicated. It can't be fabricated. It's a gift. So how do you get that kind of peace of mind that keeps your heart at peace when you're under pressure? That keeps you calm in a crisis in your life? That gives you strength to handle whatever storm you're facing or you're going to face this year? Helps you to be thankful in tough times? How do you get that kind of peace of mind? The key is the last phrase of the verse. As you trust in Christ Jesus. As you trust in Christ Jesus. So what are you worried about today? What's got you all stressed out right now? Is it the holidays? Your finances? Family life not going that well? Trust in Christ Jesus. Stop worrying. Stop stressing out. Peace of mind. Paul found it. Paul found peace of mind locked up in chains on a hard, cold, wet dungeon floor. He found peace of mind in a situation like that. So I don't know what your dungeon is. I don't know what's got you locked up right now in your life. But I do know that the keys that we've talked about today, these are the keys that can set you free from that. They can unlock whatever cell you're in. Peace of mind. Trust in Christ Jesus.
Let's stand for closing prayer. Can I get the prayer team to come forward too for anybody that needs prayer after the service? Dear God, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for giving us uh, four keys that we can uh, concentrate on, that we can use to uh, reduce the stress in our lives, whatever the, whatever the dungeons are in our lives. We know that uh, finances are rough this time of year. Families can be stressful. God, I just pray that you let some of this stuff sink inside our hearts. You allow us to take one day at a time. Allow us to be thankful for things in our lives. Allow us to not take things for granted. Allow us to not worry and struggle about the past. Let's not let our past guide our future. God, I just thank you for showing us how to find peace of mind. God, I pray that we're able to uh, find that peace of mind that keeps our heart quiet and at rest. And we just thank you for this place called the jar. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Know you're always loved in this place. We'll see you next week.